Welcome to Grace for the Tryhard, a place where we tryhards can be reminded of the grace we've been given and be empowered to walk in it every day. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you try, you aren't good enough? Have you struggled with shame and want to experience more freedom in your walk with Christ? Do you feel inspired and empowered when you hear other people's stories of transformation and healing? If your answer is yes to any of those questions, I'm right there with you. Being empowered to live and work out of grace is possible, and here we are learning how to do that together. No need to show up polished, poised, or perfect. Come as you are and join us as we experience God's grace together. Hello and welcome back to Grace for the Tryhard. I'm Lindsay, your host, and I'm so glad you are joining us today. Today is my first episode that I am recording on a camera as well. This will also be on YouTube, which is a little nerve-wracking to me because I like being in my closet. And knowing that people are only going to hear my voice instead of see my face. But... I want to give this a try and see if it can reach more people through another platform. So yeah, I am in my office right now and my lovely husband has lit this place really nice. I'm using his nice camera and I feel different, but I feel excited. So um, thank you all for listening or viewing today, wherever you are listening or watching. I just want to give you a round of applause for making it through a month of 2024. I'm not clapping too loud because of the mic situation, but you made it. You made it through a month of this year, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me for making it through this month because as tryhards, we tend to focus on what we could improve on versus celebrating what we have accomplished. At least that's my personal struggle. So I just want to start this episode by celebrating you and celebrating me in just being human and getting through a month of this new year. Like I said, as tryhards, a lot of us can focus on how we need to improve versus celebrating what's already been done. And I actually have a whole blog post about celebrating, and I'm going to link it in the show notes if you want to read that. So let's start this episode with some celebration. What is there to celebrate in 2024 so far? So for me, my reason to celebrate is that I'm learning and have learned and will continue to learn to take life a day at a time. So January started out not great for me. (laughs) I was sick, like literally the week before Christmas up until like January 2nd. And I was I was sick for like a little bit after that, but I could function by the 2nd and didn't feel like absolutely horrible. I usually start off the new year like pretty excited for the new year. I like that fresh start, the turning of the page on the calendar in your planner. I usually like work on some goals that I want and I pick a word of the year and it's just like an exciting ritual for me. But because I was sick, I did not have the energy to do that. So when January came and I was still recovering from my sickness and hadn't done all those things and hadn't felt that like excitement for the new year, I definitely felt behind. And then I also just got into a really negative funk starting off the new year, which is usually not like me. (laughs) Like I usually start on a high and then maybe hit a slump by like February, but it was like, it was just like, I was starting kind of like low, um, because my physical health wasn't doing well. I feel like it affected my mental health. And I was just like worrying a lot about the future and about my life. And like, I just started getting into this weird, thought pattern of like, I have to have everything figured out for like the next five years. Looking back, it's silly, (laughs) but it's where I was at. And yeah, so that was like the first two weeks of January. And I cried a bit and called my mom and 
talked to my husband, Joe, a lot. And I was just really overwhelmed and just felt a lot of fear. And God just let me feel all those feelings and walk through those thoughts. And to me, it felt like he was kind of like sitting in the corner of my room or in wherever I was, the room of my mind, I guess. And just like watching me, like he wasn't yelling at me or telling me to like stop overthinking. It was just like, he was just there. He was just letting me do my thing and kind of go my own way a little bit. And just like, I'm here, I'm here when you're ready. And I felt like um, at one moment I like quieted my thoughts enough and I felt like he was like, hey, what if you don't have to have it all figured out? What if you just trust me with like the future? And instead you just focus on today and like what I'm doing today. He reminded me of like different times in my life where I didn't really have much control over my future and even over the present moment. And he'd always been there for me and had walked me through those situations. Once I like heard that, I calmed down a little bit and I listened to a podcast. Um, It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's called The Connected Life with Justin and Abby. I will link the episode in the show notes, but the episode was called Divine Pivots in Life and... This one was really helpful because they talked about just like moments in life that things changed and didn't go the way they thought they would go and how they've like learned to reframe their, um, I guess, judgment on situations as like good or bad and instead just thinking like, oh, wow, like this happened. I wonder what God's going to do in this situation. And that doesn't mean you don't like mourn sad things or get excited about happy things, but... It's just less hope in the things and less hope in the situations and more hope in God and trusting like he's redeeming all things and he's making it all good and uh, we can put our hope in him instead of the stuff. I'm thanking God for always being with me even when I'm having crazy thoughts and just running around in my mind and trying to go my own way, you know, and he's just always there. So I'm just praising him this month and celebrating that he's walked me through and um, that I'm in a place now where I'm just feeling a lot more peace and um, just really taking things a day at a time. And there might be a lot of changes this year. Nothing might change this year, but I know like I'm going to take a step today and think about the future, but not try to control it. So what can you celebrate about January 2024 right now? Because you deserve to celebrate. There's so much good in this world and it's so easy to just zoom in on what's wrong or what's missing in your life, but I encourage you to to pause, to reflect, and to see the positive and see what God is doing to redeem your situation, some things that might help you think about the good of this year so far is what's one good thing that you said yes to this month? What's one relationship that's grown stronger? What's one choice that you made that aligned with your values? What has God done to bring life, joy, or peace into a situation that you're going through? Those are some questions that help me to get out of my negative mindset and woe is me mindset and see the bigger picture of what's what's happening in this world. Now I'm going to do what I do often on this podcast and that is expose my tryhardness. <laughs> this is called Grace for the Tryhard and I'm not going to pretend like I have arrived in not being a tryhard anymore <laughs> as much as I wish. I have arrived, I haven't, and I probably won't arrive in this lifetime. I highly doubt that I will, because I'm always going to need more of God's grace. So the reason I expose my tryhardness is so that you don't put me on a pedestal of having it all figured out, because I don't. I'm just one person who is loved by God and is wanting to share what I'm learning with you, and if there's 
any way I could share my experiences to help you get closer to the finish line faster. That's why I'm doing this. For this episode, we are going to be talking about the top five things that I learned in 2023. And the tryhard in me was literally two days ago, sitting on my couch and thinking, ooh, I should do an episode on the 23 things I learned in 2023 because of like the play on words, you know, the two 23s in it. And so I start listing out all my things I learned in 2023. I am a learner, so it wasn't hard to think of all the different things that I learned, but it was hard to like expand on all of them. It was hard because everything was getting very long. Like it took me an hour to get through five points. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, you know, when I write some outlines for my podcast episodes, they're usually like two to three pages and it takes like 40 minutes to talk through because I'm a talker. And I was already up to like, you know, six pages with only five bullets. Like, this is going to be a really long episode. And you know, I'm so grateful for my husband, partner in crime, Joe Phipps, because he helps me to recognize my tryhardness. <laughs> like, that's, that's where I'm at. It's like, I don't even recognize it. And it's probably good that I am an external processor because then I say it out loud and I say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, whoa, that seems like a lot. And then I think, oh, if you think that's a lot, then yeah, it's probably a lot. And I was like, but what, what should I do instead? Like, how, how do I make it like catchy and cool? Like 23 things I learned in 2023. And he's like, you should just do like five things I learned in 2023. <laughs> And I was like, eh, yeah, that, that sounds good too. <laughs> so that's what we're doing today. I did write out 23 things and I am going to write a blog post with all of those 23 things. Probably won't expand on all of them. So if you care to learn about all 23 things I learned in 2023, I will link that blog post in the show notes. Um, but today in this video and in this podcast episode, we're just going to talk about the top five. I hope you've taken some time uh, in 2024 to reflect on your 2023 and reflect on how you've grown, reflect on even on the struggles and the trials, because walking through those struggles and trials help to make us who we are. Um, but if you haven't, that's okay too. I just encourage you to take some time in the next few weeks and just kind of reflect. Even if it's not the whole year, maybe just the past few months. I think in the USA, we move at a very fast pace and it's really easy to get caught up in all the go, go, going that we don't pause and reflect and learn so we know how to better move forward. Real quick, I told you guys how Joe helps me so much specifically with exposing my tryhardness and I just want to shout him out, A, because he's amazing and if you're watching this on YouTube... This looks the way it does because of Joe and his amazing videography skills. So Joe is the creative director for an agency he started called Orange Float. And Orange Float is here to tell your story through video, photography, design. That's it. Video, <laughs> videography, photography, and design. Those three things. His business specializes in wedding videography. He does work for businesses too, but his passion is weddings. His wedding films are out of this world. Super, super high quality. He puts a lot of in intention and um, really focuses on the couple and their story and the vibe that they want out of their film. So they're amazing. I will put his um, website in the show notes as well. He slash we, I do help sometimes, <laughs> has, has availability um, for weddings in 2024 and 2025. So if you or someone you know is getting married, you should send them his link and um, they can get in contact with him um, and he would love to put together a amazing like forever film for you and or the person you know. Um, also, I just wanted to shout out that he recently created a new Instagram YouTube channel called Wedding Tips by Joe and they are some really good tips. So if you are wedding planning or you know someone who's wedding planning, these tips could be really helpful for them because there are a lot of decisions to make when you're wedding planning and he wanted to just put some content out there 
to help uh, couples not make mistakes that he's seen other couples make. So yeah, Wedding Tips by Joe. I will also put that in the show notes. Go follow him. So now let's get into the top five things I learned in 2023. Number one, I learned what's best for me and my hair care routine is to double cleanse with quality shampoo. You probably weren't expecting this. This podcast tends to be, you know, like deep and spiritual and, you know, growth and stuff like that. Yeah, I care about that stuff. But I also care about, you know, looking nice and feeling nice and feeling good. I'm a very holistic person. So these tips are going to be a lot of different things. First, first and foremost, double cleansing. Never heard of this, which is so interesting to me because I literally have been shampooing my hair. I mean, me or my parents shampooed my hair since I was a baby. So like, I've shampooed my hair so many times, not even gonna try to guess a number, but no one ever told me that you should shampoo your hair twice. So it literally wasn't until this year that I knew what squeaky clean felt like. I've heard the term squeaky clean, but I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe like you're scrubbing the floor and it's squeaking because it's so clean. No, literally like if you double shampoo your hair with a high quality shampoo, the second time, that you're, you know, shampooing, it literally like squeaks (laughs) because it's like basically showing that there's no dirt left. What? This whole time I literally thought I was washing my hair and I wasn't fully washing it. Crazy, crazy. So just a little backstory. My hair, I have a lot of hair, a lot of thin hair. The hair strands are very thin, but I have a lot of them. Back in the day, before I started double cleansing, my hair would get greasy after like a day. Like I had to basically wash my hair every day or use dry shampoo. And I don't know what happened. I dive into the the depths of YouTube for like random stuff all the time. And I was getting into hair. I just wanted to learn more about it. And I found this guy Um, I will link his video, but he explained like why you should double cleanse. And he was saying, especially with a high quality shampoo, when you first like wash your hair, um, it's not going to like foam up because I guess with a high quality shampoo, the second time you do it, um, it'll foam up when there's actually no grease to attach to. That's how you know it's like really clean. And that's what I saw. I got this shampoo and again, I, I first started using it and it was like not foaming up at all. And I'm used to using drugstore shampoo where it like foams up really fast. And that's another thing he says in the video is that like there's like fake stuff in drugstore shampoos that like make it foam up easier. So you think it's clean, but it's not. So I started doing this in, you know, maybe it's the spring and I've paid more for shampoo, obviously, because it's, like, higher quality instead of the drugstore stuff. But I actually think I'm saving money because I only shampoo my hair twice a week now. And I used to shampoo it, like, every day or every other day. So I shampoo less. I save time um, having to, like, wash my hair every other day. And my hair, like, is clean. It, like, feels better. That's what I learned this year. Maybe you're like me where you are annoyed that your hair gets feels greasy after a day or two. You should check out these videos that I've linked and also think about double shampooing with a high quality shampoo. So yeah, that wasn't that deep, <laughs> but maybe it could help someone who's struggling with their hair care. So number two is also kind of on a light note, um, but also kind of not. I did like do some, I guess, soul searching or uh, reflection from this but it started out as more of a fun thing. So number two is that I learned that I miss playing volleyball and I am still very competitive. (laughs) So I grew up like pretty much always playing sports. I started t-ball when I was like four and I did softball throughout grade school into middle school. I did volleyball, played basketball. So I was a very active kid and just, I just liked sports a lot. I liked the competition. I liked the exercise, moving my body. I liked being on a team. I did band and like winter percussion 
into high school. And then in college, I just, I didn't really do many intramurals or anything. And so I didn't really do sports like after that. I mean, I played uh, sand volleyball a few times because there's like some sand courts on my, the college campus I went to. So when I started my new job in 2022, I got comfortable with the company. And then around spring of 2023, I was like, you know what? I miss volleyball. And I'm pretty sure there's some leagues like at the YMCA or the local gym that maybe I could like convince some of my coworkers to join with me. <laughs> Just like a rec league, like nothing too competitive. So I talked to a bunch of um, coworkers. I have this one coworker friend named Joey who like kind of became the co-captain with me. Like he helped me like recruit people and we got like, I don't know, I feel like we got like 12 people to sign up, um, which was great because every week... <laughs> We would be down to like six people because a lot of people had stuff to do. It was over the summer. But it was just a really fun time. I heard before that like exercise helps relieve stress. I feel like joining this volleyball league helped like solidify that in my mind because I would like be stressed at the end of the workday and then I'd go play volleyball at the YMCA and I just felt like I released all of that frustration productively. <laughs> so... It was really fun. I loved like just connecting with my coworkers. Like it just felt a lot more relaxed than like in the work environment, which I really loved. And just like team building is really cool. You have to like depend on each other, you know, to get the ball over. And we lost every single game except for one game that I wasn't at, <laughs> which makes me feel a little insecure. But it was still just such such a fun time. Um so yeah, I miss playing volleyball. I'll probably do that league again next year. And I'm really glad that I, I did that. And with me still being very competitive, this is something I've like tried to like put the lid on myself for a while. <laughs> so like I've been competitive, I feel like my whole life, like in everything I've wanted to win. It was probably like middle school into high school when I started to like try to hide that because it felt like socially unacceptable to like cry that I lost or like get mad that I lost. So that was kind of like what I did. I just, I would feel mad. I would feel frustrated, but then I would just be like, oh, Lindsay, don't be a baby. Like you have to be a, a good team sport or whatever. And so then I would just kind of like put that lid on, but I never actually like healed that in me. So then, like I said, I didn't really do a ton of sports, like high school, college, etc. So I think in the back of my mind, I thought, oh yeah, like I'm not super competitive anymore. Like I don't get angry when I lose, blah, blah, blah. And then we start this YMCA league. I would say like there were two better teams and then two less good teams. And we were one of the less good teams. There was one team that was like the best team. They were called Fireball. You can imagine why they were called Fireball because they would spike it so hard. And um, Fireball definitely exposed my competitiveness back to me because when we played them the first time I got so mad after the game and I didn't get mad because they won I got mad because they were so much better than us and they wouldn't chill out and they were just taking like the rules so seriously and I was just like guys I'm just here to like relieve a little stress and like exercise my body and have some fun with my coworkers. Why are you taking this so seriously? And it just like frustrated me. And so we lost to them obviously and we leave and I get in the car and Joe's driving and I was just, I was mad. And then I was mad that I was mad. <sighs> kind of like what I said, I, I, I wanted to put this lid like, oh, Lindsay, like you shouldn't be mad. Like it's just a game, it's just YMCA volleyball, you know? And I just want to thank my friend Andrea, who was featured on the last three episodes of Gracer's Try Hard podcast, because she taught me something last year. Pretty sure it's called acceptance theory. And it's about accepting your emotions where they are and accepting just your reality where it is instead of like hyper-focusing on like how you could be better or like even just like shaming yourself for how you feel. And that's what I've done most of my life. <laughs> so... When I was in that car, I was frustrated with, like, Joe was driving. I was frustrated, and I was, like, kind of talking through it, and then I was, like, could tell I was starting to, like, beat myself up for being angry, and then that thought in my head about acceptance theory came to mind, and I was, like, you know what? What if I just accepted that I'm angry? What if I just 
said it's okay that I'm angry. It's okay that I'm frustrated that we lost and that they took things too seriously. And what if that's okay? And what if I just let that emotion come and and let it like work through me and, and just let it go instead of like trying to stuff it down. And so Joe and I go and we go get ice cream which always makes things better, you know? And we're, we're getting ice cream, and by the time we were done, I was just like, wow, I, like, don't feel angry anymore. And usually, like, putting that lid on my anger in the past, like, it was like I would, like, lie to myself. Like, I would be pretend not mad for a while, <laughs> and then I would distract myself until I couldn't think of it. This was like I actually, like, let the feeling come, and then I let the feeling go. And from... What I've learned about emotions this year, like, again, I'm not an expert, but that's, like, kind of the advice or wisdom I've been getting is, like, instead of trying to, like, just push things down, like, just just let them work through your body. Like, our bodies are trying to process things and, like, release them. So just, just let the process happen instead of like shaming yourself and even like condemning yourself. Like that's just not, it's not helpful, even though it feels like it will be. Um, I miss volleyball. I'm glad I got to play it this year and I learned that I'm still competitive, but I also learned how to practically like accept uncomfortable emotions and let them like go through my body and, and be done. Whew. Okay. Now we are on to number three. One thing I learned this year is that I am not behind. So a little bit more about me is that I'm a planner and I like to be ahead of schedule. I don't know why. That's just been something throughout my life that like I felt more safe and comfortable if I was like ahead of the curve instead of like at the curve or below the curve. I think I felt more comfortable because if I was ahead of the curve, if I fell behind because I got tired or something like that, then I would be at like average and then I'd be okay with myself. But if I was like not ahead, if I was right on time and then I got tired and like fell behind, then I'd be below average and that would be horrible. So that's just like my thought process. Hopefully someone can relate because I can't be the only one who thinks this way. So that's kind of just been a subconscious thing for me. And what I learned this year is that the only way you could be behind or the only way you could realize you're behind is by comparing yourself to someone else. Like if you're just living your life and like doing your thing and you're not looking at anyone else, you can't like put yourself at as ahead or behind or on time. Like there's nothing to compare to my thought process of like, oh, I need to be ahead means I'm always like comparing myself to other people and thinking, oh, where are they at? I need to be ahead of them. So there have been lots of changes in my life in my 20s. I feel like your 20s is just, yeah, just lots of changes. You know, you could be done with school. If you went to college, you graduate, you get a job, maybe you move to another city. You're like becoming an adult and paying bills and like becoming your own person and it's just it's just a lot and a lot of different people experience a lot of different things you know like some people get married young they have kids young so like by the time they're in their late 20s they have you know two three kids there's some people who aren't even interested in getting married in their 20s and like wait till their 30s so they haven't even done that yet or maybe don't want to be married at all you know so they're just single throughout their 20s that's that's their experience you know There's some people who, you know, change jobs three times. There's some people who, like, are in three different relationships throughout their 20s. Like, it's just everyone's so different and everyone goes through so many different things that it's just, I'm realizing it's just silly to, like, think, oh, there's one way to get through your 20s. There's one right way and I need to be ahead of everyone else. That's just not a super smart way to live (laughs) because it's thinking that everyone is the exact same when we're all so different. We all need different things. And one thing that's good for one person may not be good for you. So I'm really glad that like this is sinking in. And again, like I haven't arrived in believing and understanding that like I'm not behind, 
but this year was definitely like it's sinking in a little bit more. So the lie that I have believed is that I'm behind. But the truth is, is that God loves us where we are right now. And that we are all on a unique journey. Like every one of us is on a unique but like exciting and beautiful adventure. And that's one thing I love about the kingdom of God and following Jesus. It's it's an adventure for sure. And as much as I can want to like put a formula on it and think, oh, if this person experienced this, this, and this, and they're like, you know, a great Christian or whatever, like, I just need to do that too. Like, that's just not how it works. You know, he made us all so different and it's more about just trusting him on the journey instead of trying to find the formula for the journey. Um, so yeah, we're all on this unique journey and we are all right where we need to be when we're with Jesus. So this is another thing a friend of mine kind of like taught me slash God revealed to me like while she was talking was about like, she showed me this image of like a map and I think as tryhards, imagine like you're on a journey and you're starting in New York and you're going to California. And so you look at the map and you're in like, I don't know, Ohio. You're like, wow, I'm so far from California and I'm never going to get there. And I'm so behind, you know? So that's one way to like look at like our life journey. What she helped me to see is that like God wasn't saying, oh, you need to be in California. Like get to California. Come on, move faster. Instead, he was like, hey, you're actually right where you need to be because I'm with you and I'm the one walking with you to California. You're not going to get to California if I'm not with you. And there's something you need to learn right here in Ohio to help you move forward into like Indiana and Illinois and etc. So again, I'm a visual like um, analogy kind of person. So this was all like clicking in my head like, okay, I don't have to keep like fixating on like, oh, I need to get to California. <laughs> Instead, I could just be like, wow. God, you're with me right now and you're growing something in me that I might not even be seeing, but I can trust you're going to bring me to California. You're going to bring me to like the end of my life or the end of my journey and it's going to be a beautiful adventure. So I don't have to like try to hurry myself. I can be content and rest right where I am. Again, like I am the type of person that wants to be ahead. There are some people that maybe want to just chill most of their life and I slightly envy you, but also just don't understand that mindset because I've never had that. Um, so this might not be the message you need to hear. Maybe you need a little bit more of like, hey, let's let's move forward. <laughs> um, but for those who are stressed because they don't feel like they're far enough in life or haven't achieved enough, like, nope, you're actually right where you need to be um, when Jesus is with you and he is right now. And all you have to do is like, just recognize that he's there and ask him to show you what he's doing. Ask him to show you what he's growing. Cause it's probably even different than what you think it is. And it's probably better than what you think it is. And this is one of the last thing I'll say with this point that, um, a friend, two of my friends, um, they had a conversation and they both kind of like came to this conclusion that like God cares more about who you are becoming than what you are doing. So another beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that like, and I think we, I'm talked about this in um, the podcast with Andrea. So sorry if you were hearing this. So you could be wherever you are in your life and it's not so much about like what you have achieved and what you've gotten and like going to God and being like, oh, I did this and I did that and I did that. Like at the end of the day, like you can read the Sermon on the Mount. It's not about you following all the rules or doing all the right things. It's about where is your heart? What is being molded in you? How are you letting God change you and transform you into more of his image? So that has also just helped me to like rest and like I'm not behind because as much as there are things that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen or oh, I wish this would have happened already. Like I just need to shift my mindset into being like, how am I being transformed right now in this period of time? Number four is that I learned slash experienced some healing for my girlfriend insecurities. So to give you some context, I grew up with two brothers and a lot of boy cousins, like mostly boy cousins. And uh, a lot of them are older than me, some are younger than me, and we just like 
would have family parties and we'd all like play together. And I just remember feeling more comfortable with boys because of that, because I was just surrounded by so many more boys. I, I understood boys more. So that was like growing up into school. And then I go to grade school and I went to a, a school that was like first through eighth grade. And um, every year I would have a different best friend. Um, so I felt like every year I was just searching for that best friend. And every year my like class would change, like my homeroom class. So every time like the girl that I was best friends with the last year wouldn't be in my homeroom. So then I didn't see her as much. And then I felt like, okay, I have to have a new best friend. And so that was like just hard because every year I'd just, I'd get close with one girl and then it would shift and then I'd get close to another girl and then it would shift. Um, I remember in second grade, literally in second grade, I don't know why this is a core memory. I remember it was like probably the first time I like had a crush and like liked a boy. I remember I sat at this like desk with like a boy and a few other girls and I remember I, I like liked this boy. I thought he was really funny and I had like a, the best friend of that year. I can't remember what her name was, but I, I told her that I liked him and I was like, oh, don't tell him, but I like him. And literally like the next day, this boy started acting weird and I was like, what's going on? He wasn't acting like this before. So I went and asked her and she's like, oh yeah, I told him that you liked him. What? I literally told you not to and you're, you're supposed to be like my best friend. This, this doesn't make any sense, you know? So I had that like just one little like wound from a, a girlfriend, you know? And then just going through like school, like first through eighth grade, like I just never felt like chosen by the girl groups that I was like trying to be a part of. Like it was on me too because I was like, felt like this need to be in like the popular crowd. And so I would like kind of like try to force my way in and they would like kind of accept me, but I never felt like really wanted, like, oh, they really want me here. So I think that was just like always going through my mind. Like I'm not, I'm not fully like wanted here. So then I go to high school. I went to a private grade school and then a public high school. So totally new experience, totally new people. And I um, joined band because my cousin who ended up being like my best friend invited me and I played piano at the time. And they asked me to play like this, um, this instrument that I could do because I played piano and um, I was in the drum line. So like that was mostly guys. And um, I felt comfortable again because of all my boy cousins and again, just like brothers, all that stuff. Um, so that was like a good season, but there were a few girls in the drum line and there was just a lot of drama between them and like cattiness and like specifically this one girl, like I hate to say bully because I don't feel like I was like, you know, crazy bullied in school, but she was a bully and I remember one time we were like in gym class, we were playing flag football where you like pull the flag when you tackle them or whatever. And I remember playing her with her, she was on the other team and she literally like pushed me. And I remember like flying like maybe three to six feet like into the dirt. And I was just like, why did she push me? Like, this is flag football. Like you literally pull the flag. You don't, you don't tackle, you don't push or whatever, you know? And it was just like, there was other stuff too that was just not great. And so, those are just a lot of experiences that, like, I guess increased my distrust for, like, girls, um, specifically, like, girls my age and, like, made me just not really want to have a lot of girlfriends. So that's the backstory. That's the, the insecurity within me, you know? And, like, I also grew up and I was more of a tomboy. Like I said, I did sports and stuff. And then, like, high school and college, I <laughs> became more girly. Like, I started, like, wearing dresses and fashion and stuff. Um... But I think I just always kind of felt like, oh, I'm not, I'm not girly enough for like a girl's group, <laughs> like a girl's group of friends. Like I'm, I'm more fit for like, you know, being the one girl in the group of guys. This was just in my head, you know? So then fast forward to March of 2023. I am doing my hair early in the morning before work. And I have like, not really curtain bangs, but like, I guess just face framing pieces in my hair. And I wanted to like style them to give them some volume and like some wave. And so I have this round brush that's like an inch or it's like, no, it's probably smaller. It's like half an inch diameter. 
And I'm like rolling it and blow drying it. And then all of a sudden I roll it up and it doesn't move. It's literally like right on my scalp and I can't get it out. And I'm like, shoot. And I try like twisting and pulling and it's just getting worse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I need to go to work. Like I have, I had something that day that I needed to go to and I wake Joe up. We start Googling things. We get coconut oil and we're just trying to get it out. And it's so painful because it's literally like right on my scalp. And I was like, what are we going to do? Like it was like probably 730 by that point, and I, I started the issue at like 6.30, so we'd been trying for like an hour. Then I'm like, okay, let's look up some stu- like some hair salons. We just need to go somewhere because this thing isn't going out, and I'm not going to work with like a brush attached to my forehead. Like, that's just going to be crazy. So then um, I remembered that there's like a, like a hair school in the town I live in, and I look it up, and it's open. Like, it was open earlier than the, the salons. Most of the salons didn't open until like 9 or 10. And so I'm like, okay, let's just drive over there. Maybe they can help us out. We drive over and I'm just feeling so much embarrassment, like so much embarrassment. I'm like, literally there's like a brush stuck to my head and like I'm in pain and like this is just such a dumb thing to happen, like to literally roll your hair up and like it gets stuck. Like it just, I just felt so embarrassed and I'm sitting in the car and I'm just like, oh, Joe, it's going to be a bunch of girly girls and they're going to make fun of me and they're going to think I'm so dumb for making this mistake and it's just going to go horribly. And he's like, Lynn's like, they probably get it. Like, you're fine. I'm like, no, I think it's going to be bad. So we walk in, they're all in black. Like everyone's wearing black and it looked like they had like a seminar that day. And I was like, Joe, I need you to talk for me. I can't talk. I'm too embarrassed. And so he like goes up and he's like, Hey, we kind of have like a an emergency or like, we just need some help. And we, uh, can you, can you just look at this? And then this like lady comes over, she's like, Oh my gosh. And then like, it was just like a flock of women, like a flock of young girls that are like, you know, 18 to 25 or whatever. They're just like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We need to help her. This is an emergency. Like we need to help her out. So they like take me to the back and for literally two, either two to three hours, it's just like girls just one hair at a time, like adding oil and like pulling it. And, and I'm just looking down and I'm just like crying because I, again, I'm embarrassed, but I'm also crying because I just felt like, wow, these girls aren't making fun of me. Like they literally just want to help me. And they, they're like, I've done this too. Like I've, you know, and I'm a hairstylist and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was just so much empathy, so much love. And it was just like, it was just being poured on me. And I was just like sitting there like, Wow this is so different than I expected. They finally got it out. I did lose some hair in the process, (laughs) but the one girl who was helping me the most, like she pretty much stayed there the whole time. All the other ones kind of like rotated in and out. Um, she was like, do you care if I like blow dry your hair? Cause it was like, had tons of oil in it. And I'm like, I can't go to work like this. And so, um, I was like, yeah, that would be awesome, please. (laughs) So she like took me to the sink and washed my hair and like blow dried it and curled it, like just went above and beyond. And I was just like, God, if this isn't your like amazing grace, like I made a mistake. I got into this mess and like you just show me these beautiful girls like who aren't just beautiful on the outside. Like they were all beautiful on the outside, but they were also just so had such beautiful hearts they were also just had a bond with each other that I thought was so beautiful. Um, and again, like, I don't know their whole story. I don't know all of the drama within the hair salon school, but like, it was definitely a redeeming moment for me of just like trusting a girl's group, I guess, trusting and and not feeling like, oh, I'm always going to be like excluded from this girl's group and, and girls can rally together and like support each other. I think that's what I struggled with. Like, I felt like girls were always in competition with each other. And, like, through this experience, it was like, no, like, they just wanted to take me in and, like, help me. And that was just, like, I think what we are made for as women. So that was really cool and definitely a highlight of something I learned in 2023. My last but not least thing I learned in 2023 is that I am a winter. So this last one, again, is not super deep. It's about color seasons. So if you don't know what color seasons are, I'm gonna link a few videos 
that can help you learn what they are. I did a little bit of research. <laughs> and so this has started like, you know, hundreds of years ago with like deciding what colors like look good on what people. And, um, but there were books that came out in like the seventies, eighties that were like kind of talking about this a lot specifically like, yeah, there's like different seasons, you know, like winter, spring, summer, fall, and the colors like kind of match the seasons or like colors you would see in that season in the world, <laughs> depending on your features, like those colors, um, may like accentuate your, your natural beauty the best. The key is to like harmonize with your colors and not like go against them. So like if you're one season and you try to wear co colors in another season, it might just like make you look more like dull or like not as awake versus like colors that like harmonize with you, make you look better, I guess, you know? So like, for example, I'm wearing this tracksuit, which I'm so thankful for. It is so, so soft and I love it so much. But one thing I learned is that charcoal, like a dark gray, is a winter color. And I did an online color analysis and that was one thing they told me in the results was that charcoal and navy look look good on you. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna get a charcoal colored sweatsuit because it's neutral, it matches. And I've finally accepted that I'm a winter. So this year, again, go back in time, probably, you know, around the springtime, I like started learning about what this color analysis was and color seasons. And I, I literally thought I was a summer and I thought I was an autumn. I never thought I was a spring. I thought I could be a winter. So literally I would like just go back and forth. And I could never like decide. And finally I was like, you know what? I've watched enough YouTube videos. I found this, these people that I really like on YouTube who do an online analysis. I'm going to go with them. And the online analysis was like cheaper than going in person. Plus they're in Australia. So I'm not going to take a plane ride to Australia for a color analysis. So they had me like send some photos and answer some questions and stuff and came back with my results. They're like, you're a winter. And they explained why. And I totally like could see it, even though I couldn't see it before. It was just helpful to get that like confidence and clarity, especially from a professional who, who does this for a lot of people. And I was kind of fighting being a winter before that because I feel like gold jewelry is very trendy right now. And if you're a winter, you're cool toned, which means silver is more flattering than gold, which I should have known because literally my wedding ring is silver. And I remember trying on, it's not silver, it's white gold, but it looks silver. I remember trying on different rings and I tried on some gold and they just didn't look right. And I even did rose gold and it wasn't, wasn't great. It was like silver looked the best. So I should have known that I was a cool toned, but I have olive skin, like in the winter, I get kind of tan. So then I was like, maybe I'm warm toned. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I got this color analysis. Once I got like the results and saw you're a winter, I was like, okay, I'm a winter. And I got this nice palette. I really love jewel tones. So like, like emerald green and like a navy or like a sapphire blue and like those colors I really love. And I actually have a, a decent amount already in my wardrobe. So that's just makes a lot of sense. And one thing I have noticed even before the color analysis is that I feel like more pigmented colors suit me versus like more washed out colors, like more pale colors. I think colors that have more gray in it to gray out the color, not just gray in itself. I just feel like they just like wash me out. Um, but like a more vibrant color like lights me up. So that was cool to get just that confirmation because that's one thing they said was that to have more strong colors. Again, I'm not great with the ad adjectives right now. The other reason I wanted to do this was mainly because I do love looking at clothes and I like shopping. And I did feel like I shopped a lot last year and I recognize like just the impact on the environment and also the impact on my wallet and also just like I don't like just having an abundance of stuff especially because I live in a townhome and it's like just feels full you know so I thought if I get this color analysis then I'm going to just like know what colors work and what colors don't and I'll just probably stick to more of those colors so that when I'm like looking for clothes, I'll just, I won't 
spend more on like clothes that don't suit me. And that doesn't mean I'm never going to, you know, wear an orange dress or a yellow dress, you know, because those are warm tone colors. Like I literally have this orange dress that I absolutely love that I'm going to keep wearing a lot even though it's not like my colors, but it's just helpful to like know, okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time like looking at these other other options that are clothes that probably won't suit me. And I also want to like start investing in higher quality pieces, like getting less pieces that are higher quality versus a lot of pieces that are lower quality. I do feel just like convicted about how things are made and specifically how people are treated that are making items that we wear. And I haven't honestly looked into this brand, which scares me a little bit because I really love this, just this sweatsuit. But I'm just more conscious of like not wanting to encourage fast fashion. And I think this color analysis is going to continue to help me to buy less. And I'm going to start looking into more sustainably made and quality pieces so I don't have to have as many and just really enjoy the clothes that I have. Well, that was my top five things I learned in 2023. If you want to learn about the other 18 things that I learned in 2023, go check out my blog post about that. Thank you so much for listening and for watching Grace for the Try Hard. I'm so glad you are here. I'm so glad that you are listening. And before we go, I just want you to remember that God loves you right where you are right now, that there is abundant grace for you, and that I am right here with you, walking with you as we learn how to receive that grace and to live more fully. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Grace for the Try Hard podcast. I hope you feel encouraged, empowered, challenged, and that you know that you are so loved by God. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, as well as rate and leave a review. Talk to you soon.